Well, the stage is set in Caesarea Philippi today. That is the town they are in. And some things to note about Caesarea Philippi. It is, of course, in Philippi, but it is also named after Herod's son, Philip. So Herod had renamed the city Caesarea Philippi for his son. But before that, there were many, many um, people that would come to that place and they would worship the pagan gods. Most um, notably, it was Pan. So they would come to this grotto place and there was water in there and they'd bring um, sacrificed animals and ask a question and they would throw the animal into the water and see if it floats. And if it floats... So they say, well, we have heard that some think you are Elijah, who was one of the greatest prophets in Israel. Or some say that you are John the Baptist, which makes sense because John was, again, the forerunner before Jesus. And then others who are not quite sure think, well, maybe he's Jeremiah, another prophet. Or if they can't quite figure it all out, they usually go, well, he's probably, one of, he's probably a prophet just kind of blanket, um, give him that identity. So Jesus says, okay, now who do you say that I am? He asked the disciples. He asks you and I that too. Who do you say that I am? And of course, eager Peter, he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And so Jesus says, yes, you are blessed. You are blessed because you could not know that on your own. That has been revealed to you from God. God has given you that answer. God has given you that faith and that answer, and you are blessed. And so then he says, Peter, you are the rock upon which I will build my church. A rock. Yes. Who do you, who do you say that Jesus is in your life? When people ask you about Jesus, what do you say? What do you tell them? Jesus has many names, right? During Christmas, we talk about Emmanuel, God with us. We talk about the Prince of Peace. We often refer to Jesus as our shepherd, our teacher, a healer, a friend. What do you use? Who do you say Jesus is? I think sometimes that we like to keep God in a box of being a teacher. It's a little bit more risky to say that he is my Savior and my Lord. Sometimes it's more practical for us to say, he is my teacher, he is a healer, he is also a moral leader. And so we take those. But those are great attributes, absolutely, of our God, but that's not it. That's not all. It doesn't go far enough. But a lot of times, we kind of want to keep God on the surface. It's easier, it's safer, right? And also, quite honestly, it's in our human nature to want control in our lives. Not just me, 
You too. I know a lot of you, and you all want control too. So when we have a problem, right? When we have a problem, when we are in the midst of a storm, when there is chaos in our lives, when we are hurting, when we are grieving, when we are confused, when we don't know which way to turn, a lot of times we don't say, all right, God, give us the way. Oh, I'll get there, right? You'll get there. But you first usually do this. You hunker in. And you think, mm, if I just work harder, if I'm just thinner, if I just have a better job, if I'm just a better parent, right? You think, I can control this. I can make this better by what I do, and it will be just fine. <laughs> And sometimes I think we do that with our teeth clenched and our knuckles white, and we say, we got this. It's so much easier and so much human, I think, for us to just want to do it ourselves instead of letting go and letting God be God in our lives. Teacher, friend, with us, Savior, Redeemer, Jesus, who died on the cross for you and me because of that great radical love and also was raised from the dead so that death is not the answer or the final um, say in our lives, but that we have resurrection. We have a share in the resurrection where we have new life. We're not supposed to just survive. We are to thrive in our lives. And that is having new life daily, having all of these chances, all of these times where God restores us over and over and over again. And so God says, who do you say that I am? Almost like how deep how deep does it go? Am I all in? Are you all in? Do you trust? Do you believe? Do you count on it? Do you hope for it? Because God is our God and can, has, and will continue to save you. So then... Once we figure out who God is in our lives, right, then we become those rocks upon the church is built, like Peter. So rocks. So when I was talking to the kids, yes, when we would, when our kids were littler, we would go to the North Shore, and we love the North Shore because they have really the best rocks. Really, they do. It does. It's really, they're the best. They are, you know, the um, lake has um, cultivated them from the bottom and swirled them around and made them smooth in all shapes and all textures and all colors and so great. So when we were up there, then the kids would want to look at these rocks, and they're just awesome. Like, a million of them are so great. Can we bring them all home? <laughs> no, but you can bring some home. But it always ended up being that Jeff and I would have our pockets full and our backpack full of rocks by the time we got home. 
And then we went out west to meet uh, friends of ours. And my, our friend Pam, she, she stopped collecting just any rocks. And she decided that she would only collect heart-shaped rocks, right? Like she thought that would be a great thing to do. So you just narrow it down to heart-shaped rocks. So we went out in the canyons of Colorado and Utah. And boy, you would never believe how many heart-shaped rocks there are. I was so glad the kids were older. They could carry their own rocks now. But we are the rock. We are the rocks that the church is built on. We are the ones. And I asked the kids, what would your rock be? Forgiveness? Service? Acceptance? Mercy? Grace? Love? What is it? Where's your encouragement? What do you do as a child of God, as a rock in this church? How does that look? Now, rocks, of course, are weathered over time. And they are shaped by, of course, chaos and wind and water and trials and drought and all of those things, right? Things that we go through, too, in our lives. And so we too are shaped by our experiences. When we know, when we can confess that God is God, God has the power in the midst of the wind, in the midst of the rain, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of whatever is going on in our lives, then we can stand firm and we can be the church. And we can share all of that with others. So I think it looks like that we should all look a little bit more like those heart-shaped rocks in our lives. Amen.